Good morning. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 18, Job 16, verses 16 through 22, and 17, verse 1, and 13 through 16. Acts 13, 1 through 12, and the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 18 I love you, O God, my strength. God is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon God who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. 
The torrents of perdition assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon God. To my God I cried for help. From God's temple God heard my voice. And my cry to God reached God's ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because God was angry. Smoke went up from God's nostrils and devouring fire from God's mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from God. God bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under God's feet. God rode on a cherub and flew. God came swiftly upon the wings of the wind. God made darkness God's covering around God, God's canopy thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before God, there broke through God's clouds hailstones and coals of fire. God also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered their voice. And God sent out God's arrows and scattered them. God flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O God. At the blast of the breath of your nostrils. God reached down from on high. God took me. God drew me out of mighty waters. God delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but God was my support. God brought me out into a broad place. God delivered me because God delighted in me. God rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, God recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of God, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all God's ordinances were before me, and God's statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before God, and I kept myself from guilt. Therefore God has recompensed me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands in God's sight. With the loyal, you show yourself loyal. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself perverse. For you deliver a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. It is you who light my lamp. My God, my sovereign, lights up my darkness. By you I can crush a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, their way is perfect. The promise of God proves true. God is a shield for all who take refuge in God. For who is God? Except our God, 
And who is a rock besides our God, the God who girded me with strength and made my way safe? God made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. God trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has supported me. Your help has made me great. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them, and did not turn back until they were consumed. I struck them down so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you girded me with strength for the battle. You made my assailants sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. And those who hated me, I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. They cried to God, but God did not answer them. I beat them fine, like dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the peoples. You made me head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their strongholds. God lives! Blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who delivered me from my enemies. Indeed, you exalted me above my adversaries. You delivered me from the violent. For this I will extol you, O God, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great triumphs. God gives to God's ruler and shows steadfast love to God's anointed, to David and David's descendants forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Job, chapter 16. Verses 16 through 22, chapter 17, verse 1, and 13 through 16. My face is red with weeping, and deep darkness is on my eyelids, though there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not cover my blood. Let my outcry find no resting place. Even now, in fact, my witness is in heaven, and the one that vouches for me is on high. My friends scorn me. My eye pours out tears to God, that God would maintain the right of a mortal with God, as one does for a neighbor. For when a few years have come, I shall go the way from which I shall not return. My spirit is broken. My days are extinct. The grave is ready for me. If I look for Sheol as my house, if I spread my couch in darkness, if I say to the pit, 
you are my father, and to the worm, my mother, or my sister. Where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Will it go down to the bars of Sheol? Shall we descend together into the dust? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, A Song of Wisdom Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors, and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day, and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters. But their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then God, the righteous, sang hymns to your name and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping God and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called for, to the work for which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John also to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island, as far as Paphos, they met a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet, named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician, Elimus, for that, for that is the translation of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of God? And now listen. The hand of God is against you, and you will be blind for a while, unable to see the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he went about groping for someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was astonished at the teaching about God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R, A Song of True Motherhood 
God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of God's work most humbly and most pure in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed himself in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share a mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within them in love and travail until the full time of their passion. And when all was completed and they had carried us for, so for joy, still all this could not satisfy the power of their wonderful love. All that we owe is redeemed in truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When, he, when Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go! Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, How... Then were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. All right, friends. I'm a little disjointed today. <clears throat> but I'm going to try and get some thoughts together on our readings this morning, all right? So in our reading from Hebrew scripture, we are back on the theme, 
that it just doesn't compute. It's not understandable that Job is being punished when he did not, that, that Job is experiencing trial when he did not sin because all trial was seen as punishment um, from God. So if misfortune bes- befell you, then you must have done something, right? And it's, it's so funny that we continue to apply this in our lives today. And because we are imperfect humans, we can generally find something that we did, right? Because none of us are perfect. But here's the deal. Misfortune is not punishment from God. God does not use negative reinforcement to grow us. That's just not the way it works. And you've probably found it this way with your kids too, if you have them. Or, um, or even with employees. True change bone deep change does not come from fear as with all other motivation bone deep change comes from love and it is through the love relationship that we have with God that we are changed now that's not to say that there aren't sorry for like the triple negative (laughs) natural consequences. Actually, I guess that was only a double, but anyways, um, because the thing is when we sin, we turn away from God and when we are turned away from God. We are bereft of God's presence, not because God has gone anywhere, but because we have turned away from God. And in that place, away from God's presence, it doesn't feel very good. And then, thirdly, on top of that, there are really shitty things that just happen. And a lot of them you can trace back to human behaviors, you know. The sickness and destruction in our world A lot of it can be traced back to human sin. But it befalling a particular person at a particular time is not God's will. What is God's will is that everything, good, bad, or indifferent, that befalls us be transformed, be transforming for our good for the good of God, for the good of love in the world, et cetera, et cetera. So here Job is so upset at this undeserved punishment that he asks the earth to avenge his death upon God. He's so angry at God. And it's not that Job is just an attitude problem. I've been reading um, this book, Waking Up White by Debbie. Oh, gosh, I just forgot her last name. It's part of my um, curriculum for 
sacred ground. And in it, she talks about being raised a New England wasp with parents that were baby boomers, or I'm sorry, as a baby boomer with parents that lived through the depression and both world wars. Let us stop and pray a moment that we stem the violence in our world before there is a World War III. Amen. May love prevail. But anyway, um, and that she was raised with this relentless positivity and although there is a lot to be said for perspective and positivity refusing to acknowledge negative things in our lives and world doesn't make them go away right so I'm not saying like Job just needs to change his attitude and then everything would have been okay it it wouldn't have But there is, when we connect with God and cooperate with God in being transformed through trial, there is a deep and rich spiritual growth that happens there in that place. And so I think if we could focus our energy on how can I cooperate with God in the transformative process of this trial as opposed to what did I do to deserve this? I think that would be energy better spent. I just want to say this really quickly about our reading from Acts. I think that when we try to take the power for ourselves, then we are like the false prophet. We are a distraction. We get in the way. When we step out of the way, then we make the space for the transformative process that I was talking about a moment ago to happen. So that's our job. Our job as disciples and prophets is to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit, to make the space, to make the path for the Holy Spirit to come and then get the heck out of the way. That's the first step of cooperation, really, right? With God. So then we see in in the gospel this point really driven home because there is this assumption that the blind man is blind because either he sinned or a generational sin, a sin of his parents, is being visited upon him. And Jesus says no. Not at all. 
this man is blind in this moment, in this place, in this path with me so that God's glory may be shown through him. So I think the digging deeper, the follow-up question is how can God's glory be shown through this circumstance? So the first question was how can I cooperate with God in the transformative process of crisis? And then two, how can I cooperate with God's glory being shown through this process? And both of these are about cooperating with God's work. Again, not an attempt to have power or glory ourselves, but an attempt to, to be a conduit for God's power and glory. And then we have another example of the Pharisees. And I think it's so interesting how they were divided given the current context of division in our culture. They get in the way. They get in the way of that second piece of God's glory because they're too worried about how it fits in to their preconceived notion. So let me say this super clearly. God's power and glory show up in all sorts of unexpected ways that don't fit in with our idea of the way that God exists in our world that miracles happen and some of us don't even think miracles do happen right so part of that making space I was talking about is part of being willing to see in our psalm it talked about God appearing righteous to be righteous but appearing perverse to the perverse. That's not about God. That's about the eyes that are seeing God. So if, if we can clear our vision enough to see God's glory showing up everywhere in the world around us, then it becomes, I think, that much easier to cooperate with God. When we expect God to only show up in a particular way, then we miss all the other ways God shows up. A friend of mine to me said the other day that they had been praying and praying and God had done nothing. And so they were losing faith. Well, God hadn't done nothing. God just hadn't done what they thought God should do. And I know this all sounds tough, you know, next to the false prophets and everything, right? Like, how do we be open enough to see God, but open only to God? How do we filter our openness? That's a really tough one. And the answer is really just time. The more time we spend with God, the more we recognize God. And the truth of God, it resonates deep through us. It does. My son's going through this difficult time where he feels like 
There is no absolute truth. He cannot trust anyone or anything, even himself. And, and I can see that. I can see how hard it is to feel like you don't have anything to fall on. But God is the rock of our salvation. God is the rock. And when we misperceive, it's, it can be a lot of different reasons, but sometimes it's because it's being revealed to us in layers as we are able to see it. <clears throat> and if we come back to the ultimate trust, the trust that means I trust my immortal soul is safe with God, that my immortal soul will not be irrevocably harmed. Because that really is the crux of it all, right? Then maybe we can be freed up a little bit to experience God. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to be wrong. Sometimes we're going to get fooled. Sometimes we're going to follow the false prophet. But God will reveal the truth to us. When we continue eyes wide open to be searching for God, we will find God. God isn't hiding. God is right here and right now. I'm sorry if that was a little convoluted. I think that's what I have to say today. I really appreciate your listening to me and being here with me. It's been tough to get morning prayer recorded. I have... Every day for the last week, I have recorded at least through the reading of the scriptures and then not published because I was unable to finish. So thanks for being patient with me as I find my rhythm and God's revealing in my current circumstances. I love you all and I'm very glad that you're here with me. Let's go ahead and wrap things up today. I'm going to do what I did the other day and I hope you forgive me. I'm just going to close us by reading the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. <laughs>